Hello everyone and welcome to May We Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Shaheen and I'm joined today by my beautiful co-hosts Joe and Bobs. Hi. You can find us on SoundCloud on iTunes. We also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion. This is episode 69. <laughs> 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 We're going to be talking about The 100 Season 6, episode 7? Yeah. And... Yeah, so great to have you guys here. We usually start with giving some information about ourselves and a quick icebreaker game. Uh, this week's icebreaker game is, if you were Clark in the mind space, who, how would you have killed Josephine? Um, who wants to go first? Bubs? Bubs should go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was really... <laughs> it's really hard. There's so many good ways. Um, but I guess... I would have um, gone back to I have I am become death in season one, and given her the ground or Ebola, <laughs> and mm. just watched her slowly like vomit herself to death. Damn, yeah. you're fucking cold, bitch. I mean, remember <laughs> I love a hemorrhagic fever. You do, you do <laughs> love. Um, I mean, Outbreak is the best movie ever. Oh, so, so. <laughs> Justin Hoffman, yes, <laughs> yes. Are you going to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Introduce yourself, oh, Bubbles. Um, <laughs> I am Bubbles. I am from New York City. Right now I am in San Diego with my family. And it is 8 a.m. and I am drinking pineapple juice and a Riesling since we had no Prosecco. And anyways, <laughs> I can just stop now. <laughs> awesome. Um, Joe? Uh, I'm Joe. Um, I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm a web developer, um, and I'm 35 years old, and yet still giggled uh, when we <laughs> realized that this was episode 69. It's a mouthful um, because I'm an adult. You're 15 at heart. Um, I really am. I really am. <laughs> let's let's play let's play the pen 15 game. Um, all right. So if you were Clark in the mind space, how would you have killed Josephine? Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Like. I would have sex with Josephine. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 69. <laughs> Episode 69. Because if you're Clark and you have sex with someone, they're going to die. And like, like the fact that we still have not explored Clark's sexual fucking trauma on this show is like mind boggling to me. Like, Maybe this was already... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, what? What? I was saying, like, maybe this was already a familiar fact to Clark. Like, everyone she fucked in high school died, so she's like... <laughs> we just didn't see those flashbacks. Yeah, she, like, she's already... She's past that. She's like, all right, well, I guess this is the thing. And so, Or maybe <laughs> maybe instead of, like, floating the kids or whatever, they're like, well, we can't... We're running out of space in, in lockup till they turn 18. Hey, Clark, get on in there. <laughs> and, like, you know, Clark has sex with them, and then somehow they die within three days, so... Or maybe yeah. she thinks this is what happens to everyone. You know, like something that's specific to you but you you think everyone has it because you never asked <laughs> like i have this weird sound in my left ear that's like sound like a sounds like a storm and i thought everyone has this like i, I sometimes when i get up or bend down it's just i hear it. but and one time i told the doctor no 
Anyway, so I can't top your answer, Joe. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't follow that now. So I mean, Clark is a top. What are you gonna do? <laughs> um, okay. So my name is Shaheen. I live in Pittsburgh. I study philosophy of science, uh, specifically physics. And if I were Clark in the mind space, um, so I assume this Josephine is like a perfect replica of uh, Josephine in flesh. She even called sure. herself that. So I would just remove her chip. So, oh, so there's a mind drive in yeah. the mind space? Yeah, there's a mind drive in the mind drive version of Josephine, right? Otherwise, it's not going to be dude. Just... <laughs> it's like... So that's what I'm... Inception of sorts. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, 8 a.m. wine drunk bubs. <laughs> and stone shine. Okay. Oh, my God. So, are you guys ready to get into the episode? I guess so. All right, so this is, um, as I said, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 7 of The 100. The episode is called Nevermind. Um, director Michael Blundo and writer Kim Shumway. Shumway. I'm, I'm angrily shaking my fist. Um, <laughs> just, just, just some old school stuff. I, I love Kim as, as, as one of the writers. It, is she the one Kim. who killed Lexa? Yeah, she, she, no, no, she's the one who killed Nico. Okay. <laughs> Are you mad at that? <laughs> no, that was that was mostly for for OG podcaster Jen for being upset about Kim killing Nico. Oh, um, I see. Because she, you know, he he made he made her parts quiver apparently. So I thought we were shaking our fists at the original character named after Kim Chumway. Also Shumway. <laughs> who is um, the person oh, who orchestrated dude. Jaha getting killed um, slash shot at? Um, the, yeah. He ended up being silenced for Diana Sydney and died in his jail in his jail self. <laughs> mm. Jail self. He uh, oh Bellamy was his hitman. Yes. <laughs> yes he okay. Was. So overall takes, um, Joe. Um, I I mean, this was a super different episode than anything that the show has ever done. Like, I it was um ambitious in a way. Um. I, you know, like, I've kind of just, the show is not the same show that it used to be, and I'm, like, just kind of going with that. So as far as what it was supposed, like, as as sort of this weird concept, almost a bottle episode, really good work from Eliza Taylor, mm -hmm. and fuck, I don't remember the actor, the Josephine actress's name, because I'm a bad person. Um, it was good in that sense. Like, I I probably don't have as many issues with it as as most people. Um you know, I, I I thought it was a nice little love letter. I the cameos were great. They for fucking once they actually kept the lid on cameos because they kind of teased us last week. I think last Friday, um, like the like the weekend before the episode dropped, like there was a shot where uh you you saw like you know a preview scene where Clark um and Jake were in a scene together, and I was like, oh, they're spoiling all the cameos, blah blah blah, and you're like, nah, because. Allie and fucking Monty like those oh and Maya like those were like the you know the primo ones um so I like that sort of misdirection that they gave us with the with the preview mm -hmm. um but yeah the end <laughs> cool um yeah I feel like I I have this I share this feeling that um this season is completely different and I think Bubs has a similar feeling but um yeah I mean I, I I'm not 
yeah, I'm not complaining either. I mean, they, it was time for them to change the, you know, shake up the theme of the show. And that's my cat, Dio, by the way. You hear that's me really I know, I just turned my I was like, oh, <laughs> Such a precious little meow. It was such yeah. a nice meow. She's still upset because I spend the weekend outside. So. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, other than that, I really don't have a lot to say about this episode. Um, so I'll just pass this on to Bubs. Yeah, I think I, this was, um, we've never done an episode like this. Um, and in that sense, I, I really appreciated the novelty of it. Um, I appreciated what they tried to do and everything. My one thing is that it's just emotionally, I felt pretty numb about the episode. Like nothing really got me going. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat. Um, so in that sense, it kind of fell flat. Um, but at the same time, it was it was a cool episode in the sense of like what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we all have very similar reactions. Yeah, and like all, the other thing was that you know, for Clark is has been in character that's been isolated for so long, um, and also just kind of closed down. Like we don't always know what's going on in our head. So I thought that this was such a great opportunity to get insight into Clark. Because we're literally in her head. But we didn't really learn anything new about her, which was a little bit, dis- well, a lot disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- it was really more about um, Clark versus Josephine than actually Clark herself. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things we visited were things we already knew. Um, yeah. And and the other thing is, like like I said, she was so isolated. We finally have her um, having these conversations with other characters that would have been so great to actually have her having these conversations with these other characters. But she's talking to herself and she's not actually talking to these characters. So that was just kind of like a little bit of a sucker punch. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my overall take. That's a really interesting point about... Um... The fact that we didn't really learn anything new about Clark. Because, like, the inside of people's minds is hella different from the outside. Like, like yeah. the, the stuff that they don't share. Like, we maybe could have gotten, like, Clark's hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, her traumas and their stuff that she repressed. And just, like, I mean, inside your mind is a hot mess of crap. That <laughs> I think it did a good job like, sort of, like, sharing. Like, the drawings were, like, yeah, kind of, like... Josephine's like, what? I take it back. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. And, and I kind of appreciated Josephine being sort of the Greek chorus of us yeah. in a way. Like, like she's fucking funny. She's a crazy person. Um, and, you know, super, uh, like, um, not genocidal is not the right word. And racist isn't the right word. <laughs> um, elitist, I guess. Um, I mean, it's you know, kind of still racist. <laughs> Um, I mean, a geneticist, uh, but like in a bad way. Um, but like her being like when Clark was like, go float yourself and goes Josephine being like, I have no idea what that means. Um, that kind of stuff. Or yeah, walking into her like mindscape room being like, ooh, this is iffy. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that stuff was funny. Like it was, it, it was nice beats. Yeah. I guess like the humor didn't really land for me. Cause I, I remember reading, um, Kim Shumway was the one live tweeting and she was just like, yeah, injected humor into this one. And like, I, I read the tweet, saw the episode and I was like, wait, I thought there was supposed to be humor. What humor? <laughs> I, and I, so I watched this episode three times and I'm like, oh, okay. So like we're back bitches, I guess was supposed to be humor. The floated one I think was the one that landed best, but I still yeah. didn't like laugh out loud at it. I was just like, 
you know? Um, and so I, 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 yeah, I wish those would have, I wish I would have been laughing because like, it would have been nice. Like this show needs more humor sometimes, especially, I think we were having like an offline conversation about this, how if a show is going to go campy and just do it. And yeah. And just like, and have science that really doesn't make sense. And, you know, mythology that really doesn't make sense. Have fun with it. Let us just like enjoy it, make it funny. Like, you know, like, Killjoys makes no goddamn sense the no. last season, but I was like, you know what? I'm in it. Yeah, who cares? I'm in it. Whatever. I have no idea what's happening, <laughs> but, but it's hilarious <laughs> and it's weird and you guys are nice to look at, so let's do this. Yeah. Don't sit on the cliff edge. Jump in. <laughs> Just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree about the humor. I I mean, I get that it was supposed, that Josephine is supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. but I guess she's just too obviously funny that she's kind of boring like uh, and she's a fucking asshole so it's just like (laughs) i can't really laugh at uh, an asshole's jokes when they're about them being assholes like it's okay if an asshole like jokes is like funny like says funny stuff about other things but josephine's humor always revolves around her which Mm -hmm. is kind of again just like a manifestation of her being an asshole (laughs) narcissist it's not really ju- humor that's separate from her. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that's I usually, I think I usually don't find a lot of the humor in this show funny. And so I, I don't know, like the, 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 the calling out the go float yourself, I actually liked. And I, one other thing that I like about Josephine that's a little bit odd, I think, is that. So I always kind of, and I think I brought this up previously, I always kind of took issue with these sort of like weirdly anachronistic sort of um, idioms that sometimes would show up. And we kind of had to argue the fact that like, oh, well, maybe they like learned about them like watching media on the arc, I guess, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like, we didn't really like know why there would be sometimes these modern idioms. Um, But Josephine obviously is like from our near time. Same with um, Dioza. Um, so, you know, her being able to sort of make those jokes, Mm -hmm. um, or references anyway, I at least appreciate that I'm not like scratching my head being like, is that, does that make sense? Like, why would she know that? Like, I, you know, I, I like that we at least now have two characters where if they say something, um, like a phrase, a modern phrase, it's, it's not jarring to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yay! <laughs> but also, Josephine is kind of scary. Like, <laughs> she was presented as super smart. Now you're like, oh, you are a crazy person who only believes that nightbloods are the best and let's kill babies. Yeah, we're not even nightbloods. She believes that only the the primes are the best. Yeah, only yeah. yeah. Nightbloods are second to the primes and only useful to make primes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, I like she did have humor before. Um, her humor that worked for me best is like, for example, when she's talking to Allie or Allie, Abby, and um, Abby's like, "Oh my god, this this person was a monster." And she's talking about Josie, and Josie's yeah. like, "Or a, a visionary." <laughs> that part was really funny. <laughs> she was just like, "Those things, I think, landed a lot better." Um, like her, her. Sometimes she's so self aware, and other times she's just like. I, I don't even know what the word for it is, but it's funny. I mean, she's a sociopath, like, oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. Which I'm into. All right. What now, Shaheen? Sorry. I think... I know we, like, no, rambled. No, I was... Uh, I think, like, social Darwinism. So she's a social Darwinist of sorts. Um. Yeah. Anyway. 
Um, that I think covers like racism, like social Darwinism has been used to justify racism. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it was, I mean, it was associated with, uh, you know, fascist and national socialist ideology as well. So, um, yeah. Um, okay, um, so let's get into the actual episode, which really consists of one section. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's really, no, it's we're, almost all the episode is inside the mind space. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit at the end where we see Bellamy. Um, okay. So I guess um, let's start with Allie because why not? <laughs> <laughs> you let me wrangle. So, you know, this is what happens. So guess what we're fucking talking about? <laughs> Dude, you guys. So. Uh, you watched the episode on Tuesday, right? Uh, I think I watched it Wednesday, but yeah. No, of course we weren't going to spoil it for you. Yeah, no, because I was like, I watched it on like Friday or something, and and I was like, dude, you guys didn't say a word because I I don't know. Like somebody actually tweeted at us, being like, "Is Shahid losing his mind?" <laughs> <laughs> um, answer yes. <laughs> But yeah, like obviously, like, like it, it was. I think they tweeted out on like Tuesday or so, and I hadn't even seen the episode yet. So I was like, "Well, spoiler." Um, <laughs> but then, you know, obviously, I wasn't gonna like spoil it for you because this was your goddamn moment. Yeah, I mean, good willpower because like you teased me with Allie unprompted. So like, it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what did you guys think of Allie's cameo? So I'm always happy I... to see Erica. <laughs> She is amazing, and I wonder if that was the reason why they got her at Unity Days. Like, if she was, if she happened, like, if that was when filming was happening, um, or, you know, she was staying there after, or, like, or, you know, she might have been working on a different show, because obviously, you know, she's, um, you know, up there filming a lot for other Vancouver-based shows. Um, but, like, what a fucking secret for them to keep. I know. Like, well, I, everyone being like, oh, we miss Allie, we miss Allie. And like, none of them fucking gave that away. And I don't think any of us would have like expected that we would have gotten that. Well, I know. Um, I think that there was some like minor wonderings if she was going to come back. Um, because there's something, I can't remember what it was, but there was something that she said in the panel where I think people are like, wait. But then it was just like, she was also so sassy about the show. They were like, yeah, no, 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 it's no, hard no. to She's tell. Not kind of, so like, there was like a moment, I think, where, where everyone's like, wait, is she gonna, and I think there was something else, but ultimately, the way that she was just like, so hilarious and like open, we're like, nah, she's not coming back. Um, and then the other thing is, no, they weren't filming during Unity Days, because, um, why is that so hard to say? <laughs> Even as an American. Um... She, so during, I think it was like the second week of January, um, was Bob's directorial debut. So they were already on, um, 6-11. Okay. Yeah. So she had already filmed. She had already filmed. Yeah. But yeah, so they all were keeping this a secret, which is terrible. I mean, this, I don't think that scene was a one day job. I don't know. Um, no, but like, she wouldn't have been filming like four episodes later. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a one day thing because it's just the one scene. But yeah, I mean, it was like what five minutes of her. Like she would be like in the makeup for like twelve hours, and then <laughs> she'd have she's a put on that woman. dress. I'm gonna say like her makeup took like an hour and a half tops. If that, if that is the ponytail. Wait, her who's whose makeup? Allie, Erica, Sarah. 
Yeah, she like looks in real life ridiculous in person. <laughs> like, like I, like I feel like she is not that much older than me. This is kind of like when my girlfriend and I were watching, um, we're watching Doctor Foster, um, and Saran Jones is like five years older than me, and like. I look at her, I'm like, you are a beautiful grown-up woman. And then I look at myself and I'm like, you are wearing pants with an elastic waist. I relate so much to this because like, when I watch television, I separate it between high school students down uh-huh. um, and then people who play moms. And I don't, I can't classify myself in anymore because I'm just like, I'm not a high school student. I'm not playing a mom. So I'm... In this in this middle ground that doesn't exist. <laughs> because everyone else is older or younger. <laughs> right. And that's the separation. Going back to the makeup, I mean it's makeup is not just for like people who don't look good. Like <laughs> when actors get makeup and it always takes hours and hours and her makeup is pretty um spe- specific. Like they have to make her into Ali. Like I think Becca would be easier to, to make than Ali. But it's just um, the ponytail and the red lipstick, <laughs> and so and you know some nice some nice eyes. Her whole face is white. Her whole body's whitened up. Is a little bit pale, right? Compared I think to that's Becca, more the lighting than actually like putting light makeup like on her from head to toe. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, do you realize that Ali is the only person in this episode? That can actually be themselves. I mean, other than the little bit we see the outside world, everything that's in the mind space, there none of those characters are actually themselves, right? They're just Clark's mm. projections of them, presumably. Yeah, but she is actually Allie. I don't know. But she could, yeah, it could be her code or part of her code. She could actually be part of Allie there. <laughs> she could. Um, I don't she is though because she, even even she says to what did she say she says something specific that made it seem like she was part of clark's projections but maybe maybe there is something there maybe it's like the neural mesh has a little bit more to it that like retains some of the building blocks as to what that is which speaks to Allie being able to tell her why she's yeah there. i mean it was weird you're right because i think she confirmed when clark said i killed you Mm-hmm. She said something, Ali said something to the effect of, yeah, you may have terminated me, but I'm still here or something. But then she also says, I preserved you, so you're welcome, which makes me think she, Clark is saved in part of the uh, Ali code in the, in the whatever, neural mm-hmm. mesh. Yeah, um, well, my understanding of it was because her chip, her, her Ali chip was never removed. It was just deactivated. Yeah. Um, and so there's still a copy of her, like, in there that wasn't wiped, like a, a copy that kept, you know, updating or whatever. And so I think that that is Allie, um, as much as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still sad that, like, we never got, like, closure on Allie getting beamed up to the fucking space station. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, that rant over. Um, this this touches on the discussion we had last time. What if you have two copies of Ali's code? Which one is Ali? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> <Ali>. <laughs> nope. nope, 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 nope. Okay. Anything else about Ali before we move on? Uh, 
I god damn it, I want them to bring her back more. I like, know. I don't care. I she's yeah. the best. I mean, if it's true that it's sort of if the neural mesh has a little bit of real alley, they should bring her back. Like they should join sides. <laughs> well, and the fact <laughs> that everyone who was chipped and never had their chip removed. Yes, I thought that was an also, interesting point. You're so right. Should also still have alley. Like the only ones who wouldn't are the people who didn't take the chip and Raven and Abby. Who took the chip of the people we have right now? Kane. <laughs> He's dead. Who cares? <laughs> Jackson. Uh, Raven did. Well, but no, she's... Uh, I'm sorry. But, but, uh, I, was, but I, meant, I meant Abby. Abby did and Jackson did. Did... Was um, Miller chipped? No. Because he was Miller was never chipped. Um, yeah. And he left before he could get chipped in. So basically, just a bunch of a bunch of nameless um, grounders and. Well, supposedly uh, no. Um, Echo was chipped. Yeah, Echo was chipped. Shit, y'all. Amori um, was chipped. Amori was chipped. So here's what I kind of want to happen: is they agree to like be the like test subjects of becoming nightbloods and then they get them to implant the primes in there but clark has prepped them to like how to kill the primes in their mind space because they've still got the alley code in there but um, they can't kill them in the mind space well you know what i mean like yeah. do something something cool. something that'd be really cool i agree some cool shit <laughs> yeah. that's that's my that's my uh writer's room uh note do cool shit <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah the, I, i've got nothing else uh Anything yeah. else on Alley Pops? Are you done? Um, I think so. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just go through the characters. <laughs> I mean, um, Octavia shows up. Um, again. So I guess this is a good, as good as any place to ask this question. So we just talked about like Ali might be herself, but like none of these other ones are themselves. Um. So, but how come they know things that Clark doesn't know? Um, like they what? tell they tell her things like Monty is in, well. First of all, he has Monty's skills, like he can open locks and stuff, and he he also like knows things that Clark doesn't know. Um, same with some of the other. One. I mean, I forget the specific details, but I definitely when I was watching, um, it was very like the 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 dialogue was not just like um uh like a um good angel bad angel on clark's shoulders they would tell her things that she would be like oh okay then i'll go do this right um so yeah i'm wondering what that's about maybe we're just not supposed to ask <laughs> no i think that the way that i took it was so for example um and we'll talk about this more when we get there but like the the christmas light scene with clark you know you see monty doing it and then the person walks by and clark's there sitting there doing it so i think a lot of it is just kind of like um like a version of imposter syndrome slash um like self-confidence not being there all the way so thinking that you can't really do something but like actually you can you just uh -huh. attribute those qualities to other people so you know maybe clark is capable of doing that she's um capable of remembering morse code um but it's like something that's deep down and so that's why she uses these manifestations to access uh -huh. those parts of herself um, but yeah, it, it it was kind of like, I agree that I felt the way that you did in the sense of like, it's other, it's like these other people are there to an extent that's like confusing. Um, yeah. 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 It didn't seem like they were just projections of them 
in Clark's mind, they were very much themselves and like, yeah, they seemed independent <laughs> from Clark. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, that's, that was confusing to me too, but, um, yeah, so Octavia shows up, um, what was that? What is that scene? What is the point of that scene? Octavia? <laughs> oh, I can yeah. tell you. I can tell you. Uh-huh. So, okay. apparently that scene got cut down a lot for time. Mm. That um, would make a lot more sense. So, th- this sucks that, like, on the show, sometimes, in order to understand a scene, you have to be on Twitter. <laughs> so, following the <laughs> This episode, I honestly felt should have been two episodes. Like, yeah. I feel like hanging out in a mind space is 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 a weird and unique enough thing. Like, I would have actually enjoyed seeing this spread out over two episodes just because it was kind of too neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Shaheen, about like, you know, characters knowing things that Clark didn't know or, you know, whatever. Like, if we could have hung out more in this mm-hmm. space and sort of discovered things more with Clark as opposed to just being, like, told, mm-hmm. um, I think that it would have worked a lot better. Sorry, continue, Bubs. No, that's true. Um... What was I saying? <laughs> uh, the scene so it was, was a lot cut longer. down oh, a lot. Right, right, right. So, um, apparently, so she kind of says it, but like the the longer explanation was supposed to be, um, there are people who you're not seeing here because um, you're not ready to face them, and so I think that was like a large statement about Wells, Finn, Lexa, and Bellamy. And, um, so that's why Octavia was there, um, because Clark has no problems facing Octavia, um, although you think she'd have a little bit of problems facing Octavia, because she did, like, decimate her army, if not more. (laughs) Um, Yeah. eh, Who cares? Happened last season. Nobody remembers. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah, that was the purpose of that scene, was to say, like, oh, guess what? No one else is coming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, only I mean, people we could get. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> minus Bellamy. Like well, she couldn't yeah. face Wells. Clark. Well, they couldn't. They couldn't get. So Wells. yeah, I know. But like, what is the story? What is the story explanation of why Clark can't face Wells? Well, this is <laughs> well, eh? Well, <laughs> I can explain that because, except it doesn't make sense because they never mention Wells most of the time when they should. But Wells went to Earth to protect Clark, to be there for her and with her. Um, that was like a huge sacrifice. Like he cared about her so much, even though when he left, Clark hated him because she thought that he blabbed about her dad, and that's how why her dad got floated. When really, like yeah. Abby was being the coward and letting Clark believe that, so that she wasn't mad at Abby. <laughs> you know what? Fuck, Fuck Abby. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just, for the record. Fuck Abby, yeah, you ready but to not down? like sexy. Write that one down. No, <laughs> um, and not in a fun episode sixty nine way. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Clark could definitely feel guilty for super Will's guilty, death. and it's ridiculous yeah. that she doesn't mention him more because this was like he came down to protect her, and he, he Wells died very quickly as a result of coming to Earth, and that's shitty. And she just found out that he was actually so pure of heart and was not the reason why her dad got floated, but he let her believe that because he didn't want. <laughs> Are her you to getting emotional, her mom? I can't. Like it's so much. Anyways, so. It, maybe I'm when really Ali get in here. What? Yeah, maybe when Ali deleted well uh the Wells memory, she shift deleted it. It's it's completely I mean, <laughs> between doing that she emptied the trash the in general. Yeah. 
the recycle bin. She was like, Ridiculous. this is not necessary. It's just, yeah. I need some more space for my MP3. <laughs> <laughs> Radio. Um, yeah. yeah, so then then we've got um, Maya. Um, I As much as I love Maya, I, I, th- I guess you were happy about her being back. Me? Joe, is that you were excited? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care about Maya. I don't care about Maya. <laughs> um, I just, I kind of appreciated, like, in, like, it's kind of like how I, I'm still waiting. I'm holding off um, watching the Deadwood movie just because, like, I'm always impressed when shows are able to, like, get actors to, like, come back. I don't know. Like, it's silly. Like, I know. And just being like, oh, hey, Maya, yay. Like, I wasn't expecting you. Sure. Mm. Great. Um, Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, Maya's my favorite character. But just like, okay, cool. Someone, you know, someone that it makes sense um, for Clark to sort of, like, have some guilt about. um, Especially considering that, you know, I think think Jasper would have made more sense. Um, Or Dante. or Dante, like any kind, but you know, I'm glad that we got a Mount Weather tie. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, and so it was Maya. Fine, great, awesome. G- get some work, that actress. <laughs> and she's great. She really is great. I thought that she did a great job. And yeah. it, Kim had tweeted, "Sorry about the makeup," <laughs> which I thought, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. She was delightfully creepy in this was, episode. Right? <laughs> that her like waking up once Clark opened the body bag was. Yeah, yeah, because we had no idea who that was going to be in the body bag, and I was like, "Ooh, this could go either way." And it was Maya, so all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, I mean, I think she, the actress, did a good job of like it. It was Maya, but it was little creepy. Like it was, you could that one. The that was the one that gave me the feeling that this is not the real Maya. This is something Clark is imagining. Maya would be like she was sufficiently weird creepily different but that that gave me that feeling um I enjoyed that (laughs) um yeah so yeah a lot of these dialogues I mean is it just Clark like surveying her guilt going through her guilt or is there a specific point to each of these scenes I think that with Maya I don't, I don't know about that question, but I think Maya specifically gave us the most insight out of every of the meetings because they have that uh-huh. conversation where Clark is just like, why are you here? And, you know, Maya says something to the effect of like, a part of you um, wants me here. And so it was kind of like um, delving into Clark's um, guilt in self-hating aspects that we saw in episode 602. Um mm-hmm when she was, like, suicidal about all the things she'd done and the fact that she, when she was under the influence of the plant byproduct as a result of the, what's it called? The eclipse. Um, she just sat in her guilt and was suicidal. So this is kind of, like, the second part of that. And, and Maya's, like, kind of explaining that to her. Mm. Um, and, like, she pointing out, like, you killed more people than you saved. Which, is that true? Um, well, well, let's, we'll, let's get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> I was, um, I was wondering, um, going off of what you said, uh, so is each of these scenes exposition for, um, exposition for the mind space or exposition for Clark? Are we learning something about Clark or are we learning something about the mind space or both? 
like I said, I don't think anything we learned in the mind space about Clark was new. Uh-huh. So I think it, it's probably, it was probably just, it, no, for me, it was just Clark rehashing her stuff. And then um, the part where we learn about the mindscape is more, it's more about, like, the meat of it is how, what happens with Clark and Josie being both alive at the same time. Like, the mind melting. How are they, how can mm-hmm. they get Clark out? How can they get Josie out? Like, to me, that was, like, the point of the episode. Um, and not so much like what the mindscape brings out in people since it's eventually going to be gone anyways. Hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) anything else? (laughs) I didn't want anything specific. I was, I mean, I, I don't know. Like when Maya says you, part of you wants me here. Mm -hmm. Is that a fact about Clark or is that a fact about how? The mind space works. I think it's just Clark. Um. So, what? Why does she want Maya? There's, because she wants to face her guilt. She's just haunted by it, and feels immense guilt. So she's like in her own little hell, basically. Was that does that mean she wants it? I, I yeah. I imagine like being haunted means you don't want it, but it won't leave you. Well, you, like, it's, you don't want it, but it's, at the same time, it's, like, what you think you deserve. Uh Uh-huh. So there's, like, a want and a meta want? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, the id, the ego, the super ego. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, and then, (laughs) I guess then we get to, uh, Clark's forest. (laughs) Right. Um, what is, I mean, so they said that's like supposed to be the worst of her memories or like the thing she's most uncomfortable with. Right. Uh, yeah. Like it's the scary place that she doesn't want to go. Yeah. What is that? Just the forest? It's no, it's Lexa and Finn. And I guess her dad, Hawkbox, uh, even though she already faced her dad. So I don't really, <laughs> there's a little bit of muddiness here. I don't know. What what was uh what if Finn was there? Well, first of all, the the fandom would be like everyone would just like collectively groan if Finn showed up. Um, <laughs> I feel like they they probably knew that that was not the move. And and I think they can't have Finn and then not Lexa. Yeah, and, I think I think also politics. And that's I that's um, a problem I have is that like. I don't, they need to figure out a way to move beyond this, like, them not being able to get Lexa can't d- dictate, like, everything but at that the they same time, on the show. having Finn there also, I don't think, would have had much of an impact. I think yeah. that it's, like, she felt guilty about, like, killing him, sure, but he's not exactly a fan favorite in terms of, like, yeah. being a good guy. Like, he was, he was supposed to be, like, a toxic beta male. Um. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, it's, um, it did make it weird, like him being there. At all. I guess, like it was. I don't know. I didn't see how, like, having to kill. Well, I guess she had to do it herself instead of like Wells. Just was not. Well, wasn't her fault as directly? Although she's putting him out of his misery, so I don't know. I guess I feel like Wells should should have been in that space too, in some sense. Um. So like his sorry. On the ground, that would have been nice and gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> My question is: so, what was wh- what indicated that um, Finn was part of that? 
She had was, the knife. The post okay. where he was tied and stabbed was there. Yeah, she she had the little oh, blade okay. that she used to stab him with. Um which, you know, again, for the record, huh. was in no way related to Buffy season two finale at all, and certainly not an exact copy. They would never, ever, ever do that for anyone <laughs> who is debating, possibly thinking about watching Buffy. Remind our viewers what that was. Oh my god. Okay. So well, is it okay to spoil Buffy? Ooh. If you do not want Buffy spoiled, fast forward to... Okay, insert right. everything there. <laughs> this never works. This never works. Okay, okay so, <laughs> so on Buffy, there is a blonde girl, Buffy, who uh, has the weight of the world on her shoulders, and she ends up sleeping with this guy, um, Angel, um, who is hot. a vampire <laughs> with a soul. Yeah, season one, season two, Angel, very pretty. Um... And he loses his soul in through this whole fucking thing after they have sex. So he changes and becomes a very, very bad dude, right? At the fucking end of the season two finale, the world is going to end because Angel did some shit to end the world. I never understood these, like, we're going to end the world villains. Because you're like, cool, so you're part of that world, by the way. <laughs> BT dubs. But whatever. I very digress. McCreary. Very McCreary. <laughs> so what's your, what's your follow-up plan? Um... But the only way that to stop this, like, you know, world swallowing apocalypse is to kill Angel. And so what happens is in, in Buffy, Angel, the moment before Buffy, like the moment of the point of no return where Buffy is going to have to kill him no matter what, he ends up getting his soul back and she like kisses him and is crying. And then with his eyes closed, she fucking kills him and stabs him, you know, through, you know, the, the gut with a sword. And that's how he dies. And it is so goddamn similar to the hundred. The, the moment that, like, they brought him, they brought Finn out and, like, Clark goes and walks across the grounds to, like, go to talk to Lex. I was like, oh, this is for Buffy. She's going to kill him. <laughs> and then everyone was shocked. And I was like, oh, you guys haven't seen Buffy. Um, so, okay. So I'm done spoiling the end. Um what were we talking about? I just, Clark's sorry, I dark I, space. A oh, dark yeah, place. Um, <laughs> a dark place. Um, yeah, yeah like, what else I, about that? I agree with you, Bubs, in that, like, it is fucking difficult for them to sort of navigate around Lexa without ever being able to get her back. Yeah. Um, it sucks because, you know, as a Klexa shipper, I'm like, yay, of course Clark still misses her and stuff like yeah. that. But at the same time, like, it then, you know, makes it kind of hard for them to do stuff. But can I actually just ask one question? Yeah. Um, as I am not a uh, Bellamy microanalyzer. Uh-huh. In Clark's uh, room with all the drawings, there was a drawing of Bellamy hanging upside down in Mount Weather, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Clark wasn't there for that, right? No, but apparently he told her about it because, um... When? He told her about it because he... There was, like, some... I can't remember now. There was something that she knew afterwards. Like, of course, this is an off-screen conversation. Um, based on Bellamy's experience there. So it was, like, clear that they had a conversation about it. And she was okay. told the things that had happened. Because that confused me. Yeah. Because everything else, I was like, oh, I remember those scenes. Like... Yeah. But... Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, sorry. Back back to the scary forest. Yeah. Um, I have... I also have a question about the uh, drawings on the wall now that you brought that up. Um, it's kind of like... Well, actually, but I guess yours is too. <laughs> so... 
Um, like th- there were no memories from before we met Clark, right? Nope. <laughs> so like she has no memories from her childhood. Her life starts at the time there when was she one. was in prison. No, 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 no. There, there was one. I I just remembered it. There's um there's a scene of Clark and Wells as kids running through the arc. That's the one. Oh wow. Was there? But we didn't. Really you watched this show way too carefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, because also um, Kim Shumway tweeted four tweets of um, clear shots of the jail cell, which this upset me, and I'll say why in a second. <laughs> but um, she mentioned like one of her favorites was Wells and Baby Wells and Baby Clark running through the arc. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't think that there were any other ones that I remember seeing. Um, but what made me upset is like, there was Bellamy all over the wall in different spots. And of the four shots that were shared, none of them had Bellamy on it. And I thought that that was like a conscious decision because it would have been very hard to not share the ones with Bellamy based on the fact that we, he was like there several times. Um, and I just like, why? Why Kim? <laughs> What's your beef? I don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. did not pick up on that, um, but... You're not a, a yeah. Bellamy overanalyzer. It's okay. I am not. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> like, was she tweeting out pictures of Lexa? Oh, yeah. Hmm. For sure. And she said that um, she didn't pick all the drawings there. She only picked the ones that Clark touches. So... Clark only touched Lexa. <laughs> I mean, so listen, like I said, do you want Bellamy to die or not? Here's here's I, Valark Sophie's choice. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like there's so many mixed messages like Bellamy's so important to Clark, but it's platonic. But then they chicken out in these things like they they like they're like, oh, but, uh, no, Bellamy. <laughs> like It's like but that's like my my issue where it's, it's like. It is very complicated, and it's not that I want them to say that Lexa was not important to Clark, um, uh, or that she doesn't remember her memory at all, but, like, if that's, like, if that is dictating what they're doing now, when it's, like, in the show, like, it happened, like, six years plus a hundred and whatever years ago, and and if that's, like, making decisions with what they're doing now, like, I'm, they, they definitely need to keep it in mind, but, like, if if it's, like... I don't know, dampening the emotions that we feel because it's, they're afraid to say that, like, this person's more important than Lexa, which I don't think they could ever actually say mm-hmm. that. It's just that we're talking about, like, right now, um, Clark is feeling this because right in this present now, she's on a new planet. She has zero friends but Bellamy. <laughs> so, like, her, like, her, like, also looking at the wall and touching Bellamy does not mean that, like, she could ever love Bellamy more than Lexa. It's just saying that, like, Bellamy is her friend right now, and, like, she realizes that he just lost her, versus, like, Lexa is not out there being like, oh, no, Clark, <laughs> you know? Like, so that's Lexa, like what I no, mean. No, so Lexa is actually in the afterlife watching Stranger Things, watching this and going, <laughs> hey, that's like Stranger Things with the, with the Christmas lights. Good job. <laughs> they get all of the channels in heaven. <laughs> Obviously. Netflix uh, for everyone. Um, yep. Everyone everyone in heaven shares the exact same Netflix login. Exactly. It's just like the real world. <laughs> and there's infinite logins. Exactly. At any given time. <laughs> exactly. Um, only buffering sometimes. <laughs> um, Sorry. So like, I- things like that frustrate me and so I, I don't know how they can I, I wish they'd like really think about 
away. I don't know. I don't know. And like, I don't want to say anything that's like insensitive to Lexa and people who like are still upset that they did what they did because what they did was really shitty. Um, so yeah, but I get frustrated when it's holding the show back and I don't, I don't know. It's not the show that it could be. And I don't mean that like they need to make Bullark romantic for that, for what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I just mean like when they like so blatantly like just ignore Bellamy and he can't be there because she's, she's like can't face him. Even though like we've had three conversations this season with Clark and Bellamy where they kind of like, like laid things out and, and talked through things. And that's like, that's like eons of conversations on this show. Like the equivalent to <laughs> eons of conversations, like three soap operas in a row comparison on the show um and so for now suddenly Clark can't face him again it's just like I think it's more about the politics than it is actually about and, and who knows maybe like the only way I see that being like an actual real thing is if there is a, co a follow-up conversation with Clark and Bellamy about how she couldn't face him because blah 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 blah, blah. yeah um and if that doesn't happen then this is bullshit is basically what I'm saying okay um, oh, I guess, like, moving on to part of another part of the dark place, um, mm -hmm. there's the whole, um, what gets Clark to give up is, um, is her thinking that Bellamy right. gave up on her. And I was, like, I was, like, really upset when I watched that. But what was interesting is that the memory that Josie shows her is actually, um, like an edited version of what actually she saw happening. Um, and so I put a tweet in this and we can like retweet it from the account if people are interested. Um, but it's just like, it's showing like what actually happened and what, um, Josie saw happen and edited out. Like she like cut out a part where Bellamy is talking about how, um, he's upset, but Eve Clark's mom would be even more upset. And, um, like really like underlining, like the feelings surrounding Clark being killed. And Clark doesn't see that. Clark just sees Bellamy accepting the deal. I mean, like, this is what Clark would have chosen. So it makes it, like, real to her. Um, mm. I wasn't sure if Clark saw that as betrayal or it was just the fact that she realized, oh, everything's cool now. And I'm just, if I go back, I'm just going to mess it up again. Um, which was well. basically um, Josie's argument, right? She was like, look, they already made peace. They're going to be fine. We're going to help them. And so there's nothing for you to do. The only thing you could possibly do is mess it up. <laughs> um, and if her purpose, if she is telling herself that her only um, motivation in life is to, quote, save her people, end quote, mm -hmm. then that would make sense, right? Because she'd be like, okay, then the way for me to save my people is to, to sacrifice myself right now. Mm-hmm. I agree, I, I agree completely with that, but I think it's, like, it's both in the sense, like, she, there's a reason she edited out the part where, like, Bellamy was so upset, um, because, like, that, like, if, if Bellamy and her mom were gonna be so upset about Clark being dead, then Clark is gonna fight to not be dead, <laughs> um, and so it was, like, focusing on, like, the, the rationality behind it. And, um, and, and yeah. she definitely manipulates her, um, by saying like, this is what they want. They just want to survive. Like just taking yourself out of the equation accomplishes that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do. I think it's both. Um, but like, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We'll see if, um, I mean, if she does really feel betrayed, 
we'll presumably hear about it later, right? Like, she'd be like, when well, she don't... sees Bellamy again, she's going to complain or... No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she feels betrayed in the sense that he... It's more betrayed in, like, she thought Bellamy would do one thing and he did it. And uh-huh. so she feels that she has to just acquiesce. I feel like, yeah, because I feel like Clark would definitely, if if she met Bellamy again, she would definitely say, no, you did the right thing. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean she isn't sad about it. Yeah. She could still feel, like, get her feelings hurt, but yeah. she realizes that Bellamy did the right thing, I think. So. Yeah. Um, anything else on uh, the dark place? Again, I, 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 I'm, I wanted this to be two episodes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've, that's that's all I can say. Like I, I can't sp- point to anything specifically, but like I just wanted to be discovering. Like this all felt very Harry Potter to me. <laughs> if that makes sense, like we're like we're exploring and we're doing things and like the room of requirements. Room of requirements, exactly. And I think that the one thing that like Harry Potter does really well is like the slow build of mystery and information and given how much not that we got new information about clark necessarily in this but like that you know this was a huge step in world building of like tying in you know Allie's still there hey that's a thing um you know there are mind spaces that's a thing like you know all of these sort of like new bits of information that they are introducing in terms of the world building and i kind of wish that we had had two episodes to tease out that mystery a little bit a little bit longer to make it a mystery yeah exactly because this was kind of just like cool let's race through the mind space oh cool i learned a thing i learned a thing i learned a thing and stranger things goodbye yeah and to lean into the horror of it yeah but then also like punctuate like make the jokes a little punchier like that would have been because really like cool. they did a they I, I enjoyed the moment of of Josephine like them sort of not breaking the fourth wall but like getting you know obvious with the fact that like Clark is running away from the monster and the monster is walking and yet monster will still get to her like that's like classic fucking horror um, <laughs> and you know just like uh, I just I I, I would have liked more time to play with this mm-hmm. yeah. Stranger Things is a, another good example of slow burning the mystery mm-hmm. <laughs> and the horror. Oh, I love Stranger Things so much. <laughs> you guys so excited. I haven't actually even it's watched the new, the new trailer. Um, what? I, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to watch the show when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really plugged into it. Um, I guess I kind of... I feel like I've seen enough. I don't know how they're going to take this forward. <laughs> um, Are you not going to watch the season? I might. Um, fucking hipsters. I, I mean, it's not bad. It's just like I'm not like super excited or anything. But um, yeah, I'm I'm always happy to watch it. Cause like the upside down world, I feel like the they kind of exhausted the potential of. I don't know. Maybe not. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Let's find yeah. out. July something something <laughs> only on Netflix. July third. I just looked it up. I said. Um, one thing that I would like to say. Uh, we we have. Yeah, you had a note about Clark. Uh, dying or committing suicide oh no my note was actually i just appreciated that we got to go back to some season one and season two clark looks um clark peak hotness clark uh so perv me enjoyed that um but as far as (laughs) i saw a lot of discourse on twitter about um sort of suicide uh with this episode and that was not my read of it at all and it kind of got me thinking about how we've talked about um on this podcast the difference between killing and letting die 
And um, Mm -hmm. if you let yourself die, is that suicide? Um, You know, because that was kind of Clark's Mm -hmm. decision. Not that she would like actively be like, I'm going to die, but just like, okay, I'm acquiescing to Josephine's control and like letting myself die. Um, Yeah. But passive passive euthanasia. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But I know that, you know, there was discourse on Twitter about this, about it, you know, glorifying suicide and like, you know, the issue with this show in when it deals with suicide, it doesn't necessarily do it the best. And I just didn't view this as suicide. Did you guys have thoughts? Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the difference is the theme that they leaned into to give to make Clark give up is that the world will be a better place without her. And that is a very common um, idea when it comes to people with suicidal ideation. And so the problem, because of that, it's very hard to extricate this as just being like a letting die situation versus like thinking the world is a better place without you in it. And so I think that's where this complaint about suicide is coming from, is that it's, it's creating that situation that people feel in the real world. Um, in, in like making it like a hero sacrifice, which is kind of framing it the wrong way, hmm. is I think the way that I see it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, as um, as a person who suffers from seasonal depression and thinks about suicide for half of the year, <laughs> um, do you have one of those lamps? I do. Yeah, get a sun lamp. Nothing works. No, nothing works on me. I'm I'm doing everything. It just doesn't work. Um. I I mean I I was not offended by anything this show portrayed about suicide, um, but maybe that I'm just not sensitive. Um, and <laughs> maybe I, I'm just I, a monster, I, and you know, <laughs> and the voices are right. Yeah, I mean, as someone who like this is not like suicide ideation is not uh, foreign to me, um, to say the least. So, but I mean, I also don't mind it showing as something. Uh, that could occasionally in the right context be glorious or heroic or whatever. Um, I really don't think that I don't buy this idea that like shows encourage things. Like, I don't think anyone will commit suicide because they saw it on a movie and it looked cool. I think that's, if anything, that's, (laughs) that looks fun. That's kind of actually insulting to the person because suicide is a very serious decision. And, Anyone who does it must have been in a lot of pain. And it's not just like you see it and you think it's cool and you'll do it. They must have been really suffering when they did that. Say what? 13 Reasons Why. What is that? Netflix show about suicide. Uh The rate of suicide after the show came out jumped. Uh. After that show came up? The 13 Reasons Why? Damn kids. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, um but and then and wait, then uh, how long did it stay up or was it just a spike it spiked okay so eventually it went back down to the normal level yeah there was a novel um when i uh, there's a, a persian novel uh which is also translated into english the blind owl um it's a very dark story and very trippy and surreal um and <laughs> when i was a kid my dad and like everyone was telling us to not not to read it because they said like you'll commit suicide if you read it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and I and I was I read it like several times. Um, 
Yeah. There was also a story by Hermann Hesse that, that people say if you read. It's a, what is that? Um, the Lone Wolf or something? The Wolf of the whatever. They, they say that one. I read that one too. <laughs> and yet you're um, still here. Um, yeah, and I was actually very depressed when I was reading that one. Um, anyway, so everyone is different. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I was just saying I wasn't offended by this. But as far as the, what you were saying, Joe, about, um, uh, killing versus letting die. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah, this would be like if you were, uh, had terminal illness and you asked to not be saved. Um, and the doctors are okay with letting that happen. But they're not okay with active euthanasia, which is when you ask to get some sort of drug that will kill you. Um, that's like the major debate because they say because of do no harm, um, this is something that a lot of doctors feel is that if uh, passive euthanasia is fine because like I'm not doing any harm. Yeah, but like what um, if what if somebody is suffering? Then isn't not letting like yeah. isn't that do no harm? Isn't that harm? Yeah, that's the that's the debate. <laughs> and if you think that that it is, then you'd be in favor of uh, you know death with dignity laws, which you know we have, I think, in Washington State and some a couple other states. Um, I think Colorado, I don't know, um, or California might have it. So anyway, um, should we move on from the dark place? Yeah, I think so. Unless Bubs, do you have anything? No, I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, okay. I was, um, oh, wait, so, wait, I'm did, sorry. If, did we talk about the murdering babies? Was that in the dark place, or was that at a different no. place? We're going to get to the whole okay. Jos- jo- Josephine okay. part. My yeah. bad. I'm, um, I'm excited to talk about killing babies, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday morning. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I was just going to say, sorry, I forgot. I promised to go back to that question that um, Bob's asked. Um, and that's actually like the, the only part of this episode that like has any philosoph- philosophical meat to it. I guess we talked about euthanasia, but, um, yeah. So when, who says you've killed, uh, more people than you saved Josephine? Yes. Yeah. Josephine says to Clark, you've killed more people than you've saved. So there are two questions. First of all, A, is this true factually? Uh, and then B, if assuming that it's true, does that make it a bad thing? Does that make it immoral? So let's start with the first one. <laughs> um, I definitely have the intuition that it's true that Clark, I mean, maybe this intuition is mainly based on season two because she was willing to uh, let 200 people die in Ton DC and 300 plus people in Mount Weather to save like 25 people um, or something. How many people were killed? With kidnapped by Mount Weather, it wasn't that many. Um, it was all the kids, so it's definitely not many, like a hundred kids. How many people survived the the attack? It was um from the hundred because only only they like kept dying Raven at a very Bellamy fast rate. <laughs> and Raven Bellamy Finn, anybody else? Oh, Octavia were the ones that were not in Mount Weather. Um, so you're saying, well, so how many of the hundred were left at that point? It's less than a hundred people anyway, but like, I think it was definitely less than even 50 people. I remember this was in my mind when I was watching 
season two. I think it was it was it was even mentioned at some point how many. Maybe four. But, four? Yeah, that sounds oh, about that right. <laughs> I remember, yeah, forty some. They this I think it started with forty nine, and then it became forty four because someone died or got out. Yeah, like Fox but, died, but then there was a and Clark got out, but there is um Abby Wick Raven. Um, was Kane there? There, yeah, Kane was there. There are new people added at the very end, <laughs> which kind of makes it a little better. <laughs> But, but look, there were other people hiding some people that we didn't know their names. Look, look, Clark isn't a total monster, maybe. ish. <laughs> well, because like, some people were like kidnapped in the finale, right? Like I yeah. think Kane and Abby, they were they were kidnapped in the finale. They were added to. And so that added weight to Clark's decision, which is largely based on Abby being tortured. But anyway, um, but yeah, so it was definitely like less than like 100 people, probably less than 50 people. But she was at least willing to let 500 people die. Now, but the question is, now if you tally it up, did she actually kill more people than, than she saved? I have I have the impression that she did. But can we count that? How do we count that? So she killed 300 people in, at the end of season one. Well, but they were attacking them. What, she, what was she supposed to do? Sure, but I, I don't think that's, <clears throat> I don't think that's a factor in Josie's argument. I think what she's saying is like, look, you always say, oh, they're attacking us. We have to save ourselves. But you end up just like killing way more people than you're saving. So what? if you really care about human lives, wouldn't you just let your people die some for a change? Because like you kill a thousand people to keep to save a hundred because they're your people. I mean, and the argument could then be extended, of course, that like, okay, well, you know, if you strip away the my people, their people, and you just go, okay, these are the people that I am interested in saving. Well, then Josie and Clark are kind of similar. You know, Josie just wants to save Nightbloods and people who can pass on the Nightblood gene and fuck off everyone else. And Clark is, quote unquote, saving my people. Um, So, you know, are they really that different after all? I mean, Josie is worse, (laughs) way worse than Clark because... Oh, what? Because she kills babies? Yeah, I mean, she... lets babies die. That's very different than actively killing them. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, um, she, um, well, she actively goes after the quote inferior people to kill them. Like she wants to eliminate them, whereas Clark doesn't kill anyone unless they attack her. <laughs> well, Josie yeah. views so, that as attacking her people. Her people being the <laughs> genetic, you know, like Nightbloods and Prime. So you know, you got to stretch the argument a little. But yeah, that's a, that's kind of. <laughs> so okay so are we are we do we want to establish the factual claim or are we tired of talking about that <laughs> uh, oh, did clark kill as a matter of fact did clark kill more people than she saved um well it, here's the thing do we extend it are we talking about just this or are we talking about like are we saying that everyone clark showed up with in the spaceship on you know like in in the beginning of season one are those do we count those as quote-unquote all of the people that clark saved Right. Like how how, how much are we extending that? Because you know, if that's the case, then yeah, I would say that Clark probably saved more people than she killed, probably. And if we I would say Allie as being like a valid form of saving people, then yes. Um, if we don't, or if we do, if we don't count Allie's City of Lights as a valid form of survival, then uh, yeah. Then Clark did kill more people. 
No, she did save more. She did. She saved more people than she killed. Um. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think like the right way to count that wouldn't be to look at the final number of people who survived because obviously there could be people that Clark saved who died the next day. Um. So what I think the way to count it would be case by case. So every time Clark made a decision that led to some people dying, we we have to ask in that transaction, in that particular decision, how many people were at stake, how many lives were at stake that she thought she was saving and how many lives were actually sacrificed for that. Um, I think that's, and then add up both columns. <laughs> I think that's the right. And so you'll definitely be double counting a lot of people because that she saved them multiple times. So I don't think you should count like bodies. It should be case each time she made a decision because she said she saved like, I don't know, Raven a thousand times. And so like, <laughs> I think that should count as a thousand times. So, <laughs> so does Tanji see count as for killing people <laughs> or is that letting die? Yes. I think that, yeah, it is letting die, but it's still on her. I think it's still on her. And because she shared it with Alexa, didn't you cut it in half? Yeah, or like how? Yeah, or, yeah, or is it like yeah. sixty forty? Because so Alexa, like, I actually cut it more in more than half. Yeah, because Alexa kind of pushed her in that direction, and it was very time constrained. And I, I don't know what Clark would have decided if she had more time. She kind of got like pushed into it by by Alexa. So yeah, but I still give her like a 40 percent blame. <laughs> um. Okay. So but yeah, okay, but well, then the question... 100 people. Say what? 100 people or so. 200, I think they said, uh, 250. So, yeah, yeah um... Sorry. 40% of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, it would be like, what, like, yeah, 100 people. So, but so, okay, so let's move on from the factual claim, uh, factual question then there's the moral question, which is, okay, let's assume Clark killed more people than she saved. The, does that mean it's a bad thing? One thing that's obvious is if you're a utilitarian or any, like, well, you should be a consequentialist for that to be a bad thing. Like, your measure of the morality of an action should be its consequences in order for that to matter. If, if for example, all you care about is intentions, then, then it doesn't matter how many people were killed or saved. We're not keeping score it's just a matter of did you do did you do things with the right intentions right so you have to be a consequentialist at least and in order to in order for that argument to work for in order for that to be a bad to or wrong morally morally wrong thing is there like a name for if you always have good intentions but you know you suck at making decisions <laughs> are you asking <laughs> for a friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of yeah, is go that ahead. intentional or idiotentionalism? Right. So that I mean, that's a good question. That's a question that I always want to ask you, Bubs. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> well, because you you exemplify that person because you not not that person that you're describing, but you're the person who uh, say you usually say that you care about intentions. Um, yes, but not but, someone always makes bad decisions, and then you're like, "Well, they always mm -hmm. have." But like, if you're if you're on like your twentieth bad decision, you're like, at that point, you're why just an is idiot? this person still making decisions? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the dilemma of Clark faces, right? Or people throw that at Clark is like, "Okay, you decisions. always <laughs> you always say you have a you have pure intentions, but 
Just look at what your track record. You can look at what you've been doing. Well, but you also <laughs> compare she's like in a leadership position. I don't know. I, I'm team Clark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah, no, this is a really good question. Like, If you're on Clark's um, team, things will probably go well for you. And if you're not on Clark's team, <laughs> things will definitely go horribly for you. Like, thank you, Maya. I'm just saying, like, be on Clark's yeah. team if you don't want to die yeah. horribly. Like, yeah, it's yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, um, right. So going back to the intention consequence <laughs> thing, like, it's a very interesting question, right? Because I mean, you could say this is a counterexample to the intentionalist, right? So if you say all I ever care about is just intentions, then there's a question of like, yeah, what if there's like the road to the road to hell is paved with good intentions is like an example of that is someone who just makes bad, harmful decisions, but they always think it, they're doing the right thing, which actually describes a lot of people. <laughs> um, and so what then, what, how do we judge that person? And I guess this is like gets into virtue ethics also, because you could say, well, the problem with that person is they need to work on themselves. They need to like have the virtue of first of all humility to recognize that they've been making all these mistakes mm -hmm. and then have like the virtue of discipline to like change themselves or whatever. Um, but from like a pure intention or consequence based thing, it's hard to judge that. I mean, the flip flip side of that is the an objection to the consequentialist, which is what if I just happen to I do, do something that just happens to save a lot of lives but i actually wanted to actually kill someone right so like what if i what if someone like murdered hitler when he was young and he hadn't done anything wrong um that person would have saved a lot of lives but did they do a good thing just because the consequences were good um that's kind of the flip side of that right so like what if you make in decisions with bad intentions but it always ends up being have good having good consequences um but if you definitely if you are a consequentialist if you think the consequences are what matters then clark would be in trouble for like having killed more people um <laughs> right because <laughs> uh, then the, but the that's only, only if you think killing what people if is bad shit people like Does that matter your whole thing posits on killing people is bad and sure. you know sure. maybe <laughs> i was assuming that yes <laughs> that's that's there there's there's your there's your fallacy there. Um, your, your assumption is that we're on board with you not being a murderer, and maybe that's an yeah. assumption that you should yes. have made. Yes, that's fair. I was I was making that assumption. <laughs> I mean, so I, this is kind of murder is bad. Hold up, hold up. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Terrible people. Sorry, I was gonna say this is also. Um, uh, this gets to the the discussion about partiality too, right? So like this is the like partiality is an objection from the consequentialist, right? The consequentialist consequentialist would say, um, "Look, what the only <laughs> say what? What if they were shit people?" Well, so the consequentialist consequentialist would say, like, if the, someone like Clark, who's um, saying well i'm saving my people and and uh, it's okay if more people die um that are not my people that she's partial towards her people right and so but so that's again only that's only wrong if you count every life 
as equal. equal. And that's get that gets into your question. Can you be a kind of consequentialist who assigns different values to different lives? Um, and normal, I don't know any actual like utilitarian or consequentialist uh, ethicist who actually says that, um, that, that different people have different values. I think that's probably no one dares say that. Um, <laughs> that, that gets to not after the kind of no. a little too close to Josephine. So it's not, <laughs> I mean, look, all animals are equal. Some are more equal than others. Like it's just, it, you know, it's just animals. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's terrible people. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that would be a factor in your calculus, like the weight of each life. But um, usually, I mean, they say like maximize happiness. I mean, minimize is it naive to say that in a in a state where you know you don't have unlimited resources, you don't have, um, you know, you have to make a decision? Like, is it not? You know, obviously, like today, like we have, you know, never mind the global warming of it all. But like, you know, if we assume that the Earth can, you know, support millions and millions, billions and billions of people, fine. Like, then, yeah, a little eugenics is probably not super cool. Um, but if you have, you know, a thousand people to work with, um, is it? Don't you want the smart ones, like, or you know, the the fertile? Yeah, ones? it's the difference between genocide and triage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people have gotten, there are actually nurses, doctors who have gotten tr- in trouble for triage. Um, basically, they had to make snap decisions about who's worth saving and who's not in like, re- like in the war zone or whatever. Um, but, because you don't have enough medicine or whatever. Well, yeah, and you save and they, the ones that you can save in those cases, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you, let's say you can save 10 people and there are 20 people about to die if you don't operate on them and so like you're wondering how, which 10 out of 20 should i say it's a question you kind of can't avoid and even if you do it randomly you've given an answer to that question so you have to answer that question before you can do anything even if your answer is doesn't matter they're all equal just just throw this like first uh, draw draw <laughs> raffles mm-hmm. yeah just randomly or whoever came in first some random thing right um but you have to find some criterion um, and so there have been people who like made decisions based on, oh, this, this person's old, who cares? Or like, <laughs> this, or like, not that they don't, no one cares, but like between, between them and the 20 year old, like, I'm going to save the 20 year old yeah. or like this one is pregnant. That woman is not. So I'm going to save the pregnant one or, you know, things like that. Um, and they've gotten in trouble sometimes, um, for that. You can argue whether that's, I mean, you could look at their actions and, and, feel like they're like you don't like their criteria and you then you would be like if you saw a racial pattern in it or something right um like a pure even if it's like a pure ageist like there's just like eliminating the older ones because some older people might be more useful or whatever so depend it depends whether you're not whether or not you approve of that depends on the criteria whether you approve of the criteria or not right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so but yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Like, as at that point, I mean, if it's the end of human, I mean, triage in the war zone is different from what even from the situation you're describing, Joe. That's even more dire, the one you're describing, because you're saying, like, there's a thousand people left, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's of humanity. It. Yeah. And so then the question becomes, like, 
the question that Abby used to always ask is like, is, are we even worth, is it even worth saving anyone? Um, if like, why, why do we assume that you have to save humanity? Like, <laughs> maybe you don't have to, like, it's, that's something and that's never questioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you, the, the, I think that's an important assumption because people, they justify everything by that. Like they say, well, I had to, like humanity was going to be extinct. And so I killed all of these other beings, but, um, but okay. What if, what if humanity was extinct? It's just a species. Um, there right, are lots like, of other species and it also seems <laughs> that like go extinct. humanity's extinction is going to be humanity's own fault. So at that point you're like, well, listen, Hey. It's on <laughs> yeah. you, buddy. Um, it's kind of like those bacteria that like exhaust the resources and die. Yeah, and you're like, well, like, well you weren't smart about it. Sorry, that was it's like poor planning, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about baby killing now? Uh, are we done about the Clark killing more people than saving? Yeah. Is there any other point about that? I feel like you were gonna say something, Bubs, and I broke. Oh, no, I don't even remember. But can we take a break because Ponte is, like, freaking out? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to go check on that situation. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, move on to the whole Josephine is terrible section. <laughs> um, <laughs> as if we didn't know already. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let me just say the uh, puzzle came up for me not not it's not quite a well actually but so they say that josephine lived 230 years and Riker said that he lived 206 years right mm -hmm. and, he's and he has been resurrected nine times ver uh whereas josephine has been seven times right mm -hmm. so yeah i mean that's not that's not necessarily a problem because i guess Riker's bodies just were unlucky and kept dying. I um, guess. Maybe Josephine kept killing. Who's, who's, who's to say? <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it because she says, like, you're starting to sound like Riker. Mm. So. And so. Yeah, I was going to say, Isaac was against the whole ablation thing. Does that mean Riker was against the ablation plan? I think he's definitely not for the way that they're doing things. Yeah. He seems to be iffy on the whole yeah, okay. So but but Riker is Josephine's son, right? What? Oh Riker is Priya's no. son. Yeah. Priya's son. Okay. And Priya uh we don't know if Priya was in favor of oblation or not. <laughs> right? It seems like she's fine with it. Uh, so is oblation happening now? Is that what we're assuming? Um no, no it's not happening. Stopped. They just are not allowed to reproduce. That's the concession. So instead of killing them as babies, they're so just saying you can't have you can't intermix with other people because you have no good. They sterilize them, yeah. so it's not even a uh, like a caste system because the caste system you're allowed to reproduce within your caste, right? Um, it, it's worse well, than a caste like system. A, I don't know. I I don't know that it just them not being able to reproduce makes it not a caste. Well, I'm just saying it's the worst. It's worse than like the caste system that was existed in India for a long time. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, uh, 
but they also they have very specific jobs too. They're janitors and then they're guards. So apparently Jade mm-hmm. were to believe is a null. Which is Who's Jade? Because I guess that means she's gonna Jade is the one that Echo tied to the tree. Maybe almost killed last episode, but I think she's coming back. She's the one that was left at the sacrifice tree. Right. Okay. So she's a loyal no. She's Yes, right now. I think I think we're gonna see your jump sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we're going to get a little bit of a, a prime, a rebellion against the primes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like. And if her and Echo run off into the sunset together, I'm all for it. And so Riker, we're assuming Riker's going to switch sides too? I think so. Yes. So who's the, who, who the fuck is Isaac? Isaac? Um, Isaac was a null that, what's, fuck, what was her name? Lily that Lily was fucking. Was Who's Lily? <laughs> oh my Lily god! Was <laughs> Shaheen, are you watching? Sorry, Lily was. Oh, the, the other woman that was talking. Kaylee. Sorry, what? Her full name is Kaylee. She's the one that Jos the prime that Josie killed and then um mind wiped last time. Yeah, right. And then also her we saw family. her in the flashback in Josie's mindscape when Josie was in an older body. Um. And yeah. then she, her family was also killed when they went up to the spaceship. And she yeah, should not and be named so, Kaylee because that is a dumb name for someone who looks like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and what um, did did they mention that Isaac was a null? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because that's why that's why um, Josie was like all say, like shady about it, and, you know, high and t- high. What is it? Not high and mighty. High and mighty about, uh-huh. about <laughs> her, you know, getting with someone genetically inferior. Yeah. Mm. And then when um, Josie, um, so when you see like Isaac in the forest going to save the baby, Josie shows up and he even says like, we can offer so much more um, if we're just let to like, you know, be productive citizens in society and not just janitors and mm-hmm. guards. Um, so yeah, he's talking about like his own kind. Because that's that's kind of the thing um, about about the the genetic thing is like you're you, Josie's only seeing value as um, like if you can if you can make night blood. Never mind intelligence, you know, or like yeah. other value, other societal contributions, yeah. mm. like Einstein. And Marie Curie's and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, she's not a good eugenicist. <laughs> <laughs> she's a eugenicist. Can you name a good one, Shaheen, <laughs> for the class? I mean, there's, like, yeah, I mean, none of the actual cases where eugenics was attempted were actually, like, done based on criteria that you guys are talking about, like, intelligence and stuff. Um, it's always been, like, associated with some other label that um like they thought tracked these sorts of things like intelligence or skills or whatever uh, or character but it's definitely i mean obviously they're all a spectrum in each (laughs) there's like a bell curve in each of them so there's going to be super smart people in each of those casts um unless you're really cutting by intelligence which yeah so most eugenicists are bad eugenicists, I'd say. Um, most like, 
political eugenics. But I guess there's like if there's a scientist who believes in it, I think they would probably go with that sort of thing. Intelligence. But yeah, I mean, um okay, and so wh- what is the difference between do they just let all of the nulls be eaten by trees? Are they getting eaten by trees or I, there was a time I think that only the babies were getting eaten by trees, but I think that they created like again part of this like cult thing is that They've told nulls, and maybe it's not just nulls, maybe it's everybody, that um, giving yourself to the trees is a way of blessing everybody. But I think that's specifically directed at the nulls. And we see that guard who opened the shield, he goes to give himself to the tree. And I think that's part of this like perpetuated idea yeah. of sacrifice being meaningful but it's really just like a way of like self-directed oblation but so that's if you did something wrong right but the baby couldn't have done anything wrong yeah yeah no i think that this is the now is the guards doing it you know okay giving themselves but before they were straight up doing oblation and Uh sacrificing anyone who was born without the genetics but then how come they let isaac leave uh, or live because I think that was maybe before that they enacted this policy. Oh, he he bolted it. <laughs> he, he predated the oblation. But so they didn't do it to null adults. This oblation doesn't involve killing null adults. They didn't retroactively oblate <laughs> people. <laughs> Is that a verb? Oblate. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I've just been asking questions. You guys, do you want to say something about this? Um, so mine was only kind of a well actually about it. Um, why did uh-huh. they swaddle the babies? Like, if you're going to, like, let babies die of exposure, like, why did you put, like... <laughs> why little, isn't like, it naked? Why are they wearing clothes and hats and a little blankie? Like... It wasn't exposure, though. It was the vines. I mean, again, still, good. why did this? Why does the baby need clothes? Yeah. <laughs> like if if the goal is to kill a baby, look the the clothes have null cooties. I think it's, it's <laughs> I think it's more though that the the filming of it because again this was another tweet that was shared that they, they I think the baby was on a heating pad and look Jesus Christ um the baby was on a heating pad and the way that they got him to cry was someone put their cold fingers against his neck. <laughs> I mean, I would so cry too. That's I think we still have to take into account um, child labor laws. Oh! And the fact that it's a tiny little baby in the forest of Vancouver during um, probably November. Or I mean, look, I'm just saying, if you're going to kill babies, <laughs> like, why are you wasting the swaddling? <laughs> CG, CG the naked baby. <laughs> Right? <laughs> There's his little CG penis. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Bring those baby clothes back and wash them and put them on a prime? No, I'm saying just put the naked babies out there. Because if your goal is to kill a baby, like, why are you prolonging it? If anything, like, you're making it worse. Right, I'm saying, like, you you want to throw out the clothes, too. Because those, those have null cooties. So, <laughs> so why, it's on the baby already. So, just throw all of it out. Like, it's not... Why are you separating them I mean, when you're throwing out? I don't think I, I maybe it makes I don't think the cooties are the are the thing. Like I get what you're saying, but like I'm just saying limited <laughs> limited baby clothing resources. But like maybe maybe like it was all white, right? So maybe that's part of like the ritual that they make it. Oh, some bullshit to make it seem like they're not killing babies? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Here's the thing. The earth is just taking the babies to a better place. <laughs> Why 
why do they let the person uh, the baby be alive like do they enjoy torturing dolls <laughs> like is the goal right, like, the goal is to just, just like, kill mainly them mainly kill the baby yeah because they care so little i mean that's oh, kind of so over it's, it's even worse like it's not like, that they don't care it's they have like malice towards them they actively want to like torture them i think they just don't think about it so weird <laughs> Josie doesn't think about it she's not like oh this baby's gonna feel pain she's just like we just gotta get rid of the baby let's just leave it out here so that's die. like even more fucked up like yeah I mean it, 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 they're leaving a baby to die there's like huh <laughs> I mean you know my stance on babies so like whatever <laughs> <laughs> a dead baby doesn't I mean look Joe, go ahead cause you've defended <laughs> killing old people already so it's not like so I mean you know, basically you're not breaking new ground spot. here so. there's a sweet spot where people are allowed to be alive yeah that's what you stand for there's like ages eugenics exactly um, um <laughs> all right we can stop we can we can move on from killing babies I yeah guess. i mean yeah. yeah it's just kind of weird i mean um i forget what i was gonna say about like this. i know that we were supposed to be horrified um it kind of actually reminds me of, uh, so in this past season of The Walking Dead, I know, I know, I know, my girlfriend, like, makes me hate watch it. Like, she's, what are you doing? I don't fucking know. I'm like, there's so much good TV that she could be watching. Look at your life, I, you know, I, I have, and they're not good. Um, but there's a whole thing this past season where there's this group called The Whisperers, and they are creepy fuckers who dress in dead people's skin and move and pretend to be zombies and, like, believe that the zombies are sort of the the better, you know, the, the, the end of evolution. Like, they, they sort of idolize, uh, you know, the undead and stuff like that. And basically, um, there's a part, though, where they're moving through as part of this pack or whatever, and... You know, they're still alive, so somebody had a baby, and the baby was crying. And the leader basically was just, and this is clearly a common thing, because, like, nobody sort of took issue with it, but um, the leader was like, you know, drop off that baby. That baby's making a lot of noise. You know, it's going to blow our cover. Um, and so they just, like, straight up, like, left the baby, and, like, as, you know, gonna going to feed the undead with it, and, you know, here's our offering, and... Um, that's kind of what it reminded me of, but at the same time, like, even that, I'm like, well, you know, at least a zombie will eat a baby quickly. Like, it looks like those vines take a long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because they slowly penetrate the body and... Yeah. Yeah. But then it seems that Isaac and the rest of the Nulls have now formed a party with, uh, with Gabriel, and they take the Nulls and now are children of the fucking forest, Gabriel. Yeah. And they mentioned that Gabriel's last body was 90 years old, or that's what Josephine thought. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but maybe, you know, but then we got that stuff from um, Xavier, or possibly, who is also possibly Gabriel, who knows, but that, um, you know, maybe he learned how to, like, manipulate the time anomaly. I mean, I think that's, that pretty much confirms that that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because there's no way that guy's going to be 90 years old. I mean, he was 90 90 years old way back then. Yeah, so he's old Which, as shit you know, now. So he's definitely manipulated time somehow. Um, I remember what I was going to say about the baby scene is the Isaac, the way Isaac was talking to Josephine is kind of disturbing to me because like he was like making arguments why this is wrong or like he, he was like saying this is wrong as if like 
this is something that needs to be said. Um, it was, it's weird. Like if I, when I come across someone like Josephine, I don't think that I need to remind them that this is wrong. Like <laughs> I would just like attack guy. the person or something like, or get away from them. Like I, I'm not going to like talk to them about it. Like that's, it's kind of cringy when he's like, why should this baby suffer? It's wrong. It's like, Oh, duh. It's like, that. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> What do you think? Do you do you guys sympathize with that or not? <laughs> about killing, you know, it's wrong to kill babies. Um, no, I mean, with that, like, that someone is explaining it is weird. I mean, well, the fact that it needs to be explained to Josephine and she still doesn't get it is, you know... Also well, that's what I'm saying. Like, did you expect Josephine to be like, oh, yeah, Oh, wow, I've right. never thought about it like that. <laughs> huh. What is the point of telling her that it's wrong? Do you think she's going to change her mind? Like, I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> and so here's another thing. Here's another thing that I that I take issue with. Um, surely, surely there could have been genetic tests long before birth, probably during a time, you know, during, you know, the window of abortion, where you could actually find out if someone was a null. Oh, you know, yeah. like the fact that the you're Indio. like wasting resources, like feeding and housing and clothing, you know, a pregnant lady only to like have the baby and be like, well, that's a null. Back to the forest you go. Like <laughs> that doesn't. Hey. Why would you wait that long? Like, Again, I'm you... very confused about technological capabilities of the Sanctum people, right? which I guess is a good segue to the diner scene because. Yeah, let's talk about the diner. They talk about texting and posting online. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, right? Like, I feel like they've regressed technologically. Well, I mean, they, why would they, they don't have phones why would they anymore? Do that? No, that was still on Earth, Shaheen. The diner was still on yeah. Earth. Yeah, I'm saying, like, yeah. on Sanctum, they don't have phones. Yeah, but why would they? Why would they? I don't know. Like, oh, why would they have phones? Yeah, like, why would, like, all they really need is walkie-talkies and stuff. Like, there's no, <laughs> they, there's no reason for them to, like, bring a They're fucking right cell there. tower. Because it's such a small community? Yeah, like, you know, they had to choose what they would, like, send them up into space with. And, you well, know, I mean, it's meant to be, uh, you know, a scientific exploratory blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, like, they don't have those fancy tablets that the ARC people had. They don't have, like, I mean, a phone is not just for talking to other people. Like, they don't have, like, any, they don't carry any technology that I've seen. Um, I, they, they, I haven't even seen a TV on Sanctum. Um or a radio, or, like, they just... They well, no, Josephine had music. She yeah, what was that, was that being played out of? That we didn't see what the device was. Well, <laughs> and, and Murphy found that, um, found touch. that Zune, um, in, in one of the first few episodes, you know, and he was playing music that way, so I think that they have some stuff, but music would... Yeah, it's, but, you know, the phone thing makes sense to me. Like... That they don't have phones. Well, I mean, what good is the phone without the fucking internet? Yeah. Well, they why don't they have internet? Like intranet, like a network. They might. I'm saying, yeah, we just have seen no evidence of it. They never talk about. It. Whereas, like in that flashback, they talk about, oh, you posted about going to the protest and you texted me, whatever. Anyway, so that was I noticed that they talked about technology. I was like, oh shit, they know what a phone is. They're what did you guys think of the diner scene? Um, I like the Beck and Diosa publications. I thought that was cool. Uh huh. What was uh, what was that about? 
Was that Bika on the pa- uh, front page or Ali? No, that was so there's Dioza on the front of like that tabloid like newspaper. And then next to Josie was like a fortune um magazine thing um where Becca was on the cover or some like tech something. Right. It looked like Ali to me. Was it Becca for sure? It was because it was about her technology. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was, it was like technology breakthrough. But uh, I mean, I wonder if Ali was the technology breakthrough that they were showing. But anyway, um, it know. said like something technology revolution or something. And I was wondering. I think it would have been Becca because nobody knew that she looked like Ali. No, because she was a hologram. She was a hologram too. Ali was a hologram. So people could see her. Anyway. I don't know. If, can you take a picture of a hologram? <laughs> uh, yeah, because we've seen them on TV, right? Like, they've done them at concerts. Um, okay. Stupid, sexy holograms. Um, yeah. You had so, some feels about the diner scene, Joe. Did I? Let me let me look at my notes. You didn't like it? <laughs> oh, um, well, first of all, were they on the Riverdale set? Like... I know that we both film in Vancouver, so did we just change up the lighting and now we're at Pops? Um, That's a great question. So so I guess that was supposed to be a note on, like, toxic masculinity or whatever, but at the same time, like, yes, absolutely, dude was crazy, could not fucking take no for an answer. Um, You know, I called, I texted, blah, 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 and it's like, yeah, buddy, she's not fucking interested. Um, So, like, on the one hand, absolutely, dude is a shitbag. On the other hand... Josie, Josephine's still kind of a cunt. Like, she's still, like, you know, like, this is, we're still, we're seeing that, like, she's always had this thread of elitism. Um, Yeah. You know, so it's not like, it's not like she is an innocent, um, you know, bystander in her own life. Um, She definitely, you know, had these views long before she got to space, long before she was, you know, mind-drived and stuff like that. Um... But yeah, like, did we need to have this scene of some teenage boy, like, going crazy and killing himself? Like, <laughs> no. I... Yeah, I think you didn't like that either, Bobs, right? No, it was just so unnecessary because, hey, Josie was taken off of Earth, put into cryo, and woke up on a whole new planet. Like, that's traumatic yeah. in itself. Then she has her dad murder her in all their yeah. family and everybody else who came with them. And then when she's, I'm sure, resurrected again, there's all this other shit going on. Like, do we need some random ass boy to come in and like be a vision of like toxic male masculinity and that's like the root of her being whatever. Yeah, like why does it have um, to be about I that him? was like really out of left field. You know? That was just I I don't think that that was well done. <laughs> yeah, I mean um. So, like, Josie was ghosting him, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I, sure. So I, I mean, I hate ghosters. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us are bad at confrontation, but at the same time, but I don't even know if it was ghosting. I think it was him, like, constantly being like, "Hey, hey, hey," and her being like, "No, thank you." Like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy and like. Yeah. You know, and the reason for her doing that is, you know, certainly a commentary on the fact that women are trained and conditioned to avoid that kind of confrontation specifically for this reason, because the risk of violence is so high. 
And so, you know, instead of saying like, I'm fucking not interested in you, fuck right off, um, which would be a form of confrontation that then she, you know, might be fearful of the repercussions of that. She instead went the route of, you know, sort of passively, you know, hinting that she's not interested. And he did not take that hint and get more and more and more upset about her, you know, her rejection of him. So, you know, I understand the way the why, you know, the way that everything was laid out and stuff like that. I just didn't think that the whole idea of it was necessary to give Josephine this backstory that kind of didn't really make sense. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like that should be the worst thing that she remembers. I mean, even like, because like it I wasn't get that, her fault. Like, yeah, feel, I mean, I get like, you, yeah. you feel guilty and everything, but like. You didn't do that. Like, I don't know. Like, anyway. That was I mean, not again, <laughs> I'm not sure how she was treating him because, like, if she was, like, driving him crazy or, like, just, like, you know, uh, ab- it was she, she was abusive with him, then um, then she is kind of, it is kind of her fault. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is about, about what you're saying with, like, not giving a direct answer because the it um, might cause confrontation or or violence, but then like ghosting people also drives them crazy. Ghosting is very painful, and I is, mean yes, ghosting is very painful. But at the same time, that or being ghosted, <laughs> or being ghosted, like yes, it fucking sucks. I have been ghosted, and it is not nice, and it is painful. But at the same time, I can't put my own sort of feelings on someone else's shitty behavior, like. It was passive shitty behavior. And, you know, that's shitty, but that also doesn't... That That's not an excuse for the, re- for the rest yeah, of his behavior. Raise your hand in the room if you've been ghosted. Wait, what? Did everybody raise their hand? What, if somebody's been ghosted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And it sucks. Yeah. And it's not good for your self-esteem. And it's not great. But at the same time, like, there's a difference between saying, wow, I've been ghosted... Um, you know, that's, that's just, this person was not interested in me and for whatever reason did not have the sort of cojones to like come right out and say it. Um, that's, that's shitty on their own behavior, but at the same time, like, you know, someone's decision not to be with me is not something that like, I can then fight them with them about. Yeah. Like that I don't have that right. Like that's not like they're yeah, what they did was shitty, but like coming after them is not the way to fucking solve that. Like, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think it would have made more sense if the guy committed suicide at like at home <laughs> and then Josephine well, found didn't commit suicide. Well, I'm saying like Josephine found out and felt guilty about it. Um but him coming over there and doing it in front of her as just out of spite like he is trying to that like he accomplished his goal which was make this girl feel guilty for the rest of her life um but like good job so that makes him like that makes him an asshole which is uh, the point i think you guys are making but like if he was just like i mean if we don't also don't know anything about this guy like if josie knew that this guy is uh has suicidal tendencies um then she and she goes to him then I think, yeah, she is partly responsible. I know someone who committed suicide I, I after being ghosted. I hugely disagree. I mean, yeah, that's terrible, but it in no way is on her responsibility. Yeah, yes, it is if she knows that this person is susceptible to it. No, it, you can't. Like, that's the same thing as... Like, Just fucking that's, that's, say a word. Say, hey, I'm sorry. We, I think we shouldn't see each other. It's not that no, hard. You, 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 
that's that's a wonderful thing to say, but like that's not that's not someone else's responsibility. That's not someone else's response. Like it's the same emotional manipulation as someone being like, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. And suddenly the the other yeah. person in this hugely unhealthy toxic relationship it feels trapped because of that guilt because of that possibility and that is not fair to the other person you cannot be sure but i'm not saying that like that's not what i'm saying and then killing you for you saying i don't want to date you i'm not saying that at all i'm not saying the person says anything i'm just saying someone so two people are dating and you they and one person knows that the other is has suicidal tendencies and then they ghost them and that person doesn't threaten or anything doesn't communicate anything they go and kill themselves on their own and this person finds finds out 10 years later um and you know then they feel bad about it i think they should feel bad about it they knew that this person was vulnerable i mean they Um, can feel bad about it but i don't think that they can they should feel responsible for it what were they supposed to do just fucking talk to them say a sentence but why? Text them what? one sentence. What it is, is your responsibility. You can't just end a relationship and say nothing. But, like how, but I don't think part of it. being in a relationship is agreeing to the to the contract right, that but we're going to communicate wait, with each other. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about two different we're things. We're talking about two different <laughs> things here. We're talking about being in a relationship and have the courtesy to break up with someone. Absolutely. Like if you were in a relationship with someone and then you're like. I'm never going to talk to you again and you just disappear. That's fucked up. Absolutely, because you are in a relationship. But the way that they are setting up Josie and this boy was that they were not in a relationship, that he was continually trying to get in a relationship with her and she kept passively rejecting him. And so I think that we're talking about two completely different things. Like, I haven't ever been ghosted in a relationship. I've been ghosted during, like, the pre, you know, early stages of dating. I think that that is very different. Because, yeah, like, you're right. If I am actively dating someone and then they disappear from my life, that is fucked up. Like, that, absolutely, you deserve... I've had that happen to me. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, but, But I think that having a distinction between, you know, pursuing someone who is not interested... Um, and who, you know, quote unquote ghosts in that way is so different. Like, yeah. and that, that in that case, no. no, you don't have a responsibility to the other person. They are pursuing you against your you will. Them. And that is yeah. on them. I see what you're saying. I mean, I feel like we don't know a lot of details about this and to what extent they knew each other or whatever. Yeah. Because it seemed like, were they classmates or something? It the way that it seemed like uh, the yeah. way that I read it was and that he, they were classmates and he kept inviting her out. Maybe they went on a date or two yeah. and she was probably not interested, but he kind of didn't yeah. pick up on that. And yeah. he said things like, I saw you posted that you were gonna be so she, it wasn't even her saying to him, I'm gonna be Yeah, there. it's him like she trying to find her. He was stalking her, yeah, seeing where she's going. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So I don't feel pity for him. Scary. I just kind of am like Hey, Josie, given all that we know about you, this kind of doesn't track that you would feel so guilty about this. I I mean, I feel pity for him because clearly he was at a very, like, vulnerable, bad place mentally. Yeah. Um, And it's unfortunate that our society has very bad mental health support. Well, and (laughs) Um, the fact that, you know, if they're coming from our modern times, we're just kind of, we're still in 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 the societal expectation of, if she says no, try harder. To convince her to date yeah. you and you're like that's she wants you you're, you're just not, not trying hard her. enough and you're like that's not that's not great advice um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean to be fair it's the both sides have to uh cooperate for that to be a bad advice right like if 
if people do actually act that way, and then you, if you don't pursue, then you'll never have a partner. Um, Wait, what? There are no, societies not, where... No, there's, per, pursuing is okay, but not taking no or not taking obvious disinterest as a no is yeah. the right. issue. Okay. Yeah, Pursuit yeah. is fine. Like, that's great. Otherwise, yeah, nobody would ever leave their house or get a date. But, like, if if you're like, hey, you want to go out? And the other person's like, no, that doesn't mean ask again tomorrow. Right. I'm saying there are societies where it does mean that. Because, like, you're always, always, always supposed to say no the first time. Um, and What? Yeah, this is, I mean, the Iranian culture is pretty much, I mean, not so much these in the young generation these days, but. It definitely used to be that way. This and idea I of definitely, like you have to be coy at first. Yeah, I definitely went through that. Like the girl always says no. There's never when the girl says. I mean, the girl saying yes the first time is just gonna look bad for her. Everyone's gonna judge her. Um, well, that's a bad. It's a terrible culture. It's it's habits. awful. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I hate it. And so, but then you know what is the guy supposed to do? Like he can't just be like, all right, well I guess the culture is terrible. I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life. But you're, have that, that to, but you're saying that it's changing. It is like, changing, with yeah. The, with, the, with the young folk. Yeah, sort of. I mean, Tehran for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is still a thing and it used to be universal. And so what is the guy supposed to do? Like, it, they have to because the answer is always no the first time. But but I think that in this in this instance, we're supposed to view it as like a modern American. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying it applies to this. Yeah. yeah no, like, I mean, the guy is a jerk either way because like... <laughs> Killing yourself in front of someone is just the shit thing, shitty thing to do. To like get them to feel bad, you're just you know whatever. Um, but but that's <laughs> just selfish. Yeah, like, but depending on the details, he could be like really shitty. Like if she, if he was just like pestering her. In a relationship all of high school, and then she never talked to him again. Like I'm not saying that it's justified in terms of his. Yeah, you know, the whole thing, in terms yeah. of his killing himself in front of her, but like you can. But I agree with you. Yeah, with his with his feelings of rejection that said what we got out of it was a little stalkerish and yeah I, I agree with you yeah. it was more on the side of he just wouldn't wouldn't leave her alone kind of yeah. thing yeah and so you're like okay well neat I guess. she shouldn't really feel guilty about that yeah I agree. <laughs> like not weird. not to that extent that like that was the worst memory and that she's hiding it locking it away five rooms away like it, maybe it still feels bad about it I would feel bad if someone killed themselves like, in front of me. Right, but a couple and they said it's because later. of me, even though I'm like, well, it wasn't my responsibility. But I still feel like, oh shit, like that's not. I don't feel good about that. But it's not going <laughs> right, to be the worst thing I've ever done. Like you know, right? Like Josephine, you've killed babies. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just circle yeah. back to the to the baby thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree with you. Anything else about the diner? I had issues with the Morse code. Like, did okay, Clark yeah, Mont- How did they code. know the Morse code? Why did they need it? Why did they even learn Morse it? Skills. So it makes... I'm, I'm fine with them knowing it. I'm fine with them having learned it. I am not fine with Bellamy having remembered it. You know, like... <laughs> but Bellamy's smart. And here's another thing. How the <laughs> fuck did Clark and Monty ever think the Morse code thing would work? Like, how... They watch Stranger uh, Things on the like- Ark. <laughs> On the Ark, yeah. That's exactly what happened. It was Ark yeah. This happens in Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh, it was like a total reference to it because um, there was flickering lights, um, Christmas oh, lights. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I remember. So, like, I don't right. know if it was, I mean, hopefully it was a nod to Stranger Things, but... But the thing is, like, if your lights 
start like flickering in a weird way that seems kind of regular uh but also not like looks like something is being communicated that's because the first time they were all confused and everything they didn't know what was going on with the lights for a while right and then they had the idea that maybe but like someone standing there and like flicking their finger how would you ever why would you ever assume they're sending you a message especially because he knows this josephine who hates him he's because he's so in tuned with clark shaheen (laughs) (laughs) that was the one thing that was canon though (laughs) Um, but I don't know. Why? Jesus Christ. Um, so in season one, we have the scene, um, where Clark is, I am become death. And she turns to Bellamy and she's like, um, Oppenheimer. And he's like, I know who Oppenheimer is. And then in, um, season three, um, what's her face? Gina gives him the, the Odyssey book. And um, because it was one of the and Gina was real. Up. Gina was real. <laughs> um, Gina was real. And it's not weird at all that her killer is dating Bellamy it's now. Fine. Don't worry about it. He just likes tall broads. <laughs> or just yeah. Um. So and I see the whole the Morse code thing. So imagine something that Bellamy learns. That he can actually, like, go home and teach Octavia, and it can be, like, a little game for them of, like, tapping or whatever. That's kind of how I see it. Like, I bet he taught it to Octavia, and this is my headcanon, obviously. It's complete headcanon. <laughs> um, but I see that as, like, a game he could play with Octavia, and that's why he'd still remember it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have issues with them. Le- Same having, with Clark. Why would Clark know it? Having yeah. learned it in the first place, but I guess if they learn it, and, yeah, the remembering is another thing. But uh, for me, the big biggest issue is just like that would have never worked in a million years that they would Josephine would be right there. At, like, how do they even know Josephine was in front of Bellamy when they were flicking the lights? Wait, I don't think it was meant to be for anyone specifically. Just someone. But like if it's Josephine is just lying in her bed, flicking for her finger. Okay, well, anything. I mean, depends on <laughs> masturbating to Morse code. <laughs> alive, alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, actually, yeah. So that I think that's a well act. The plot force, plot force. <laughs> Bellamy, yeah. Bellamy needed to be the one to see it so that he could then tell yeah. Miller, who was like, "Huh? Okay." Like, I love that so they were just like, "Hey, look, remember Miller? We haven't seen him for a few episodes." Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I guess well Bellamy is like. Well, we're in this new season. Weird mind shit happens, so I guess this might be a thing. <laughs> um, well, actually, yeah, Teddy Dickery. Um, I think we went over mine already. Pops. Um. Well, actually, I don't think I had one. Uh, you do have one. It's what one hundred and one oh, with mm. Bellamy. The whole one hundred and two thing. Clark said, like in season, season. The fir- 501. I think it was 501, or it was... No, no, it was 501. She goes, it's 101 with Bellamy Blake to Maddie. So now it's, like, 102, and I get that, like, Raven's a part of that. But, like, the show's done such a bad job of showing that, like, the delinquents are important at this point that I was kind of annoyed by that. And if they're really going to stick to, like, something that was said before, it should have been 101, or it should have been 2,199, since there were four slots for numbers. Because, and it doesn't have to be a blark thing, and I think the reason they didn't go with that was because it can be seen as a blark thing. But, like, 2,199 days was when Clark was reunited with everybody else, her mom, like, you know, 
So to me, that would have made more sense than the 102 with Bellamy and Raven. Mm. I just, it was just cheesy is what it ended up being. So that's my petty dickery. Yeah. Also 100, terrible password. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put your password 100. Okay. (laughs) Um, So mine is, um, I guess we already talked about this. Yeah. If Jake and Allie and Monty are in Clark's mind, they're figments of, her imagination, then how could they explain things to Clark? Because she already know, but we already talked about that. Okay. So, any TV shows, movies, books, games, other media to recommend? Um, I have two things, I guess. Um, okay. Number one, in terms of sci-fi stuff, um, I w- the girlfriend and I earlier this week watched I Am Mother, um, which is, uh, like, it was a little, I would, I would say it was a B plus. Um, a, a B plus sort of sci-fi suspense uh, movie with the idea that um, basically the premise is there's a girl who's been raised in a bunker um, by this basically like, an, you know, animatronic Android or whatever, you know, AI system, uh, you know, being told that the world is uninhabitable outside. And it's sort of, you know, is that the truth? How much, you know, does the robot know? Is the robot benevolent? Um, and and the other thing is that uh, in that in that sort of like underground bunker thing, like the idea is that this place will uh, has enough embryos to be able to repopulate the earth, except that she is the only one who's been woken up. Um, and it's, it's it's it was good. And I would say the movie overall, in terms of like pacing and sort of resolution i would give it a b plus but um the the girl the actress who played the young girl and then hillary swank is in it and uh rose Byrne, uh does the voice for um for the for the for the robot um which is so, which pleasant. Is so pleasant she's got such a great voice um all of their performances were just fantastic um but it but it, it it asked some really interesting little philosophical questions including um part of the robot's uh mission is to educate this girl in different kind you know different types of philosophy and morality so they actually do have a couple of scenes where it's she's like given these these ethical choices and has to like you know choose you know if you're a doctor and you have to kill one person, but you could save five people with those organs. Do you do that? What if what if your organs would save five people? Like, do you kill yourself? Like, you know, it's, it asks some you know fun little questions like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would I would recommend just watching that if 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 you need something in the background. Um, it was you know it was slick. It was it was well made. Um, just you know a little bit underwhelming for me uh, in in sort of the the wrap up of the story. Um, and then uh, girlfriend and I are also watching Doctor Foster because girlfriend really likes Saran Jones from Gentleman Jack. Um, and it's a it's it's a BBC drama um, about a woman who suspects her husband is having an affair. Um, and it's it's good. It's very well acted. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to watch because people make bad decisions um, that I don't necessarily agree with, but. You know, I'm an emotionless robot, so what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are my two recommendations. Sweet. Sweet. Bubs? Um, I don't really have any of this week. Did you watch I Am Mother? Um, did you, what? Did you watch I Am Mother? I did, and I really I really liked the first week. Yeah, exactly. It, were, it was really exciting, and, like, I was doing my puzzle at the time, and I was really, so, like, I can judge it a show or a movie based on like whether I stopped doing the puzzle and I'm just watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, it definitely did that for the first three quarters. And then it kind of lost its mm-hmm. way after that. And then I think like 
It was good, though. I, but I agree with you that, like, yeah, it gets, like, a B plus. Um, But I think it's definitely worth watching. I, I especially thought of Shaheen yeah. when I was watching it because of those exactly. questions. And I'm like, and this is, like, Allie. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So she totally, like, was, was, yeah. she was totally Allie, except not as sexy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she. if you're into robots, maybe maybe she does it for you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. Um, I have nothing either. Um. No. What's the right way to say that? I don't have anything either. We're just going (laughs) off my shitty recommendations this week. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, No, I was trying to find the doctor show that I watched a million years ago. This also British doctor show that's, like, really funny because it's, like, about um, this curmudgeonial doctor on, like, an island. And he's hilarious. Like, he has a... There's, like, a receptionist that he didn't even hire, but she just, like, shows up, and she's, like, she annoys him because she's, like, so chatty and, like, nice. And um, it's, like, just one of those, like, typical British humor dramas <laughs> uh, or comedies. Like, you can't tell whether it's a drama <laughs> or comedy in, in the UK. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I was trying to, like, make it thematic with your recommendation, but it cannot for the life of me. I'm sure somebody out there has watched it, so if you have, and you can let us know what it was. <laughs> Cool. Um, <laughs> all right. So if you guys don't have anything else, um, let's wrap it up. Next all right. next week, we're going to talk about uh, season six, episode eight. Um, sorry, last episode was late. This one's going to go up on Monday as usual. Um, all right. Maybe geek again. Bye, everyone. Bye. Now we're 69B. What would you guys think a 69B is? <laughs> 69 with the butthole, obviously. Yes! <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha